Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome back to the All In for Citrus podcast. I'm Abby Taylor. Thanks for tuning in to this month's program. We've got some research updates coming your way this month. We'll hear from Dr. Kelly Morgan from the Southwest Florida Research and Education Center as he discusses citrus research at the center with me and give some updates on their projects. We'll also hear from Dr. Osgur Badaman, who is an assistant professor in citrus pathology, also located at SWIFREC. But first, let's hand it over to Ernie Neff, who is sitting with Citrus Research and Education Center Director Michael Rogers. Ernie, over to you. Thank you, Abby. I'm sitting with Michael Rogers, Director of the Citrus Research and Education Center at Lake Alfred. Michael, welcome. I understand you had some visitors from Washington. Uh, Yes, we've uh, had three folks that came down from uh, D.C., from the USDA, uh, NEFA, which is the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, uh, visiting us uh, to learn more about citrus and what we're doing to manage uh, HLB and the research on HLB that's ongoing in the state. And they have a lot to do. I believe they're the decision makers on the farm bill money that we get, correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. And as people probably remember, uh, in the previous farm bill, there was $125 million set aside for citrus research. That's $25 million a year for five years. And that was through what was called at the time the Citrus Disease Research and Extension Program, or CDRE. Uh, now there's a new uh, program in place with the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, which is now the Citrus Disease Trust Fund. And along with that new uh, uh, title, there's a new group of administrators that are overseeing the funds uh, for citrus HLB research across the nation in, in, within NEFA. You had some negative comments from them, I think, a few months ago when you first talked to them about the money being spent, correct? Uh, Yes. Back in March, I met with a couple of uh, NEFA administrators when we were all attending the International Research Conference on Long Long Bing, and and one of the questions they posed to me was, um, what what kind of need is there for research money coming to Florida? Because from where they were in in Washington, D.C., they were hearing a lot of um, gloom and doom, and and there was a, a, a perception that the, there wasn't much coming from the research dollars spent on, on HLB in, within the state of Florida. And so I talked to them a little bit and told them what was going on. And, and yes, growers are going through a very tough time. It's tough to stay in business, but, but we have made advances, and growers are getting by. And a lot of it has to do with the advances we have made because of the investment in citrus research, both at the state and federal level. And you got them to come down to Florida and showed them around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And in March, I invited them. I said, you know, I, I can tell you this, but it's better to see it for yourself. And, and I invited them to come down for the meeting uh, during June in conjunction with the Florida Citrus Mutuals Annual Conference in Benita Springs. And, and they took me up on that. And so they, they've, they were in Florida the second week of June of this month. Uh, to not only attend that meeting and talk to growers, but also to, to get out in the field themselves and, and see firsthand what, what the situation is here in Florida. What's your impression? Are they changing their minds a little bit, feeling like the money's doing some good? Yeah, I think, I think their minds changed quite a bit. Um, uh, the beginning of the week when they were here on Monday, they got to go out and uh, visit several growers in central Florida 
um, and see firsthand what, what the situation is in those groves, what the growers are doing, and talk one-on-one with the growers about what their needs are and, and what they think the future holds for them. And all the growers they talked to were very um, obviously concerned about the future, but did feel that the, the money was, uh, the investments in research were, were paying off. Um, of course, more is needed. But um, at the current time, they're able to, to keep going until we can try to find some better long-term solutions for HLB. I guess some of the things that they were told were the nutrition outlooks and some solid control and all those things are helping them get by, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think they, they learned a lot about the whole evolution of the program in Florida, you know, starting off with how we, we really were intensive on psyllid management early on, and now how we've shifted more to trying to care for these infected trees since all of our trees are HLB disease now. They, they got to see firsthand what growers are doing and, and see some success stories where growers are having relatively high yields. I mean, considering where we are with HLB, maybe not 10 years ago, but, you know, we'll take what we're getting in some of these groves they saw right now. Uh, where growers are making enough to get by, at least at the current prices. And I do think they got an understanding of that as well, that, that prices dictate whether growers can do the programs that are needed to stay in business with HOB. That's kind of true in all agriculture, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> um, but, the, but also while here, uh, they got to spend a day uh, li- touring the research facilities in IFAS, talking to citrus researchers, and getting a feel for what research is going on, what, it, what we've learned and, and what we hope to learn in the future. And I think that was also helpful for them to see that the dollars that are being invested in the research, to see firsthand what's coming from those research pro, uh, programs and what we hope will be coming from those programs in the future. You got them down to Bonita Springs, too, you said. And what did they see there? Well, I think I think the coming to Bonita Springs to the Florida Citrus Mutual's annual conference is probably the most uh, beneficial thing for them overall because they get to interact um, one-on-one with citrus growers, talk to them, uh, whether it's you know in the hallways, at receptions, about what the needs of the growers are, what the growers feel are going to be most valuable for them uh, research-wise that will lead to solutions they can use in their groves. And, and that's what the NEFA folks told me they wanted to do. They wanted to really hear from the growers themselves on what the growers thought were most important so then they can help direct the money to those critical needs for our industry. Michael, I believe those folks from USDA also told you to urge growers to let their congressmen and senators know that the money is worthwhile, correct? Yes, absolutely, because the sentiment in in D.C. is that they do hear a lot about the problems that are going on here in Florida. Like I said earlier, a lot of doom and gloom type predictions for the Florida citrus industry. But what they're not hearing a lot of are the good stories or the good news that's coming out of the industry, the advances we're making. And they felt it was really important for us to make sure that the, our elected officials in D.C. understand that the money's not being wasted. Um, there is still a reason to invest in the research that's going to directly help the Florida citrus grower. Because um, the alternative is you see a lot of the money go somewhere else like California or Texas. And we still have a lot here we can do and, uh, and to support the Florida citrus industry and and I think we have we have a we have a future, and I think the folks who got to visit here in Florida uh, second week of June really saw that. Michael, any final quick thoughts? Um, no, but I, I would just remind everybody uh, there'll be more information coming out uh, on on the research that's ongoing, and encourage everybody to stay tuned as we we start talking more about the upcoming Citrus Expo um, in August, and we look forward to seeing everybody in August. Excellent, Michael. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Ernie. Abby, back to you. 
Okay, so I have Dr. Morgan on the phone. Kelly Morgan is the Center Director of the Southwest Florida Research and Education Center. Dr. Morgan, thanks for joining us. Let's just kick it off. It's been about eight months since you last gave us a broad overview of citrus research going on at SWIFREX, so why don't you start by refreshing our memory and giving an update on what's going on at the center? Well, we have several things um, uh, going on, uh, all, most of it related to, to greening, but not all of it. Uh, we have uh, a nutrition program uh, continuing. We, we're taking input from the growers on, on what they have uh, seen in the field as far as uh, nutrient requirements of citrus of greening affected citrus trees, and we've uh, we're in the middle of our third year of a program looking at soil applied uh, calcium, magnesium, and micronutrients. We had previously looked at foliar applied uh, nutrients, and we've uh, we've come up with recommendations for strictly foliar applied. Now we want to look at soil applied uh, because it seems to be more effective, more efficient to, to get get those nutrients into the tree through the root system. And the limitation there is that the roots, uh, you know, roots have, have died off because of, of greening and uh, it's it's more difficult for them uh, to, to be taken up. But we... Uh, in this process, we have found out that by applying the nutrients to the soil, that also encourages the uh, new root formation. We're also uh, replicating that study both at Lake Alfred and Fort Pierce, and they're in the middle of their second year for those projects. What we have found is that um, uh, as, as we thought we we might, uh, based on the fuller application, is that the, the nutrients, particularly calcium, magnesium, manganese, and zinc, have to be at the very high end of what we once thought was optimum for citrus production. So they have to be very high in that optimum range or into what we considered excessive uh, before greening came into Florida. So though our nutrient rec recommendations for greening trees will increase and we're we're making uh we're getting the data collecting the data necessary to make those changes to our recommendations uh we also have uh, a lot of very good work going on on delivering antimicrobial uh types of materials to to greening affected trees not not only uh, human antibiotics, but other materials that are considered antimicrobial, but but not would not affect human health. Uh, we're looking at uh, brassinosteroids, uh, a type of hormone that are, are giving very good results and uh, in rejuvenating trees and in increasing yields. Uh, we're uh, We've, we're looking at uh, different rootstocks and cyan combinations and the, the effects they have on, on their ability to, to be tolerant to greening. So all of those things are, are working uh, through our system. Uh, we're, we're getting funding and, and uh, coming up with the research necessary to, uh, to get that information to the growers. We're also working on black spot and a few other things. Uh, we have a, a microbiologist here, soil microbiologist, that's actively looking at 
what's required to for healthy trees in in terms of healthy soil, uh, how to to uh, promote growth and maintenance of the of the microbes in the soil to to make uh, the trees more efficient in nutrient uptake and growth. So many things going on here at the at the Southwest Florida Research Center. Perfect. So what's coming down the pipeline for Swift Rex Citrus Research? Well, we have um, we have a precision ag uh, engineer, uh, Giannis Amphizidis. He's doing extremely uh, interesting things. He's come up with a system using drones to map groves. Uh, this all came out of the Hurricane Irma uh, situation, uh, and insurance and, and growers were having to to map their groves to determine which trees were missing. Uh, he can he from that information he can not only count trees he can look at relative size of the trees, uh, health of the trees, the color of the leaves, and determine how healthy those trees are. Uh, we're um, He's looking at expanding that even further to look at uh, use of this drone information to evaluate uh, tree health as far as nutrients, what nutrients uh, might be needed by the trees, uh, and and even looking at systems of remotely uh, determining uh, pest populations and uh, diseases in the trees. So a lot of very good things coming from that program. And the work I mentioned earlier about uh, getting uh, antimicrobials in, into the trees, uh, he's working with our pathologists on that to come up with automated ways to, to inject those um, materials into the tree. So it's less cumbersome on the, uh, on the grower, less costly and, and labor as well. Well, as always, the center has a lot going on. So how can growers keep up with all of this exciting research happening at the center? Uh, a lot of this information is going to be uh, published next week at Florida State Horticultural Society. We uh, we have had we have increased the number of of talks we give here at the center. We're continually giving uh, programs. We we're probably uh, averaging one every couple weeks. Uh, so we're going to get a lot of this information out to to growers. We're looking at producing fact sheets type of information to to be available to growers at these meetings, but also from our website and from um, uh, the the, uh, web, the website in, at Lake Alfred. So uh, we're looking at a lot of different ways to get this information out. And of course, we're doing the refereed publications and everything else that's required to, to make the, to turn these types of projects into IFAS recommendations. I think all of the, uh, the projects I mentioned will be uh, uh, discussed at the expo. We're doing uh, some hands-on training as far as nutrient management, soil pH, uh, you know, injection uh, uh, for irrigation water to acidify the water to adjust soil pH. That's that's been proven to be uh, uh, very critical for our trees. So we're doing we're going to have a I think one afternoon of, of hands-on. Uh, hands-on demonstrations. Awesome. Well, anything else you'd like to add before we sign off here? Well, we, we're going to continue uh, with these these programs. One thing I did not mention, I uh, should have, uh, we are also evaluating the uh, tree covers, 
the individual tree covers to de- to determine how to most effectively utilize those covers and how how effective they really are at at keeping young trees free of the disease. We're we're in the final stages of of completing our cups uh, installation here, our screen houses. So that uh, information will be coming soon to add to uh, the information that's been generated from Blake Alfred. Great. Well, Dr. Morgan, thanks for joining us on June's program, and I'm sure we'll hear from you again soon. Great. Appreciate it. Now let's hear from Dr. Badaman as he dives deeper into a project he's been working on. I have Oscar Badaman on the phone with me. He is an assistant professor of citrus pathology with the University of Florida. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for joining me. Hi there. All right. So ag technology is such a hot topic right now, and I understand that you've been working on a piece of tech equipment for citrus growers. So introduce your project a bit for our listeners and talk about its beginnings as well. I think I'll be first, uh, I believe, providing your listeners a brief background on the disease may help you all understand A, their situation that we have been experiencing with our citrus production here in Florida, and B, what we are now trying to achieve with our current research that I'm going to talk about. As you well know, in 2005, a disease called Hong Long Bing, HLB in short, or also known as citrus greening, arrived in Florida. Um, the disease is caused by a bacterium named Candidatus liberobacter asiaticus and spreads by an insect vector called Asian citrus psyllid. HLB disease affects all citrus cultivars by disrupting flow of nutrients and thereby causing a rapid tree decline. And HLB weakens root system, uh, increases early fruit and leaf drop, and ultimately may kill the tree. Uh, the disease has spread to all major production regions in Florida, and economic losses exceeded more than $4 billion. Uh, currently, more than 95% of citrus grown in Florida are infected, or at least symptomatic with this disease, and unfortunately, there is no cure for the disease. So one of the reasons that researchers have not been successful curing this disease is because unculturable bacterium that cause HLB disease lives inside the phloem of citrus that is very difficult to reach to kill or suppress it by conventional methods such as foliar spraying or drenching of bactericides. So when I started my current position as a citrus pathologist at the Swift Rack about two and a half years ago, many people, including growers, industry personnel, and colleagues, were keep asking each other whether available therapeutic materials with potential to kill or suppress this bacterium can be uptaken by citrus leaves and move through vascular system of the tree to reach into form at right amount if they were applied with foliar sprays. Back then, and now even, neither many uh, researcher colleagues that I've had interacted with, nor I had a definitive answer for this very, very, very this question. I, as a well-versed in plant virology, especially working with some of the most difficult and phloem-limited viruses, 
I started pondering about and at the same time experimenting some of the virus inoculation techniques that I used to use in my previous research that allow me to study viruses in various crop plants, including in citrus. But here, in this time, rather, I do this with visible, traceable dyes and not by viruses. Um, these inoculation techniques that I used were often involved introducing small amount of virus particles through stem, trunk, or leaf petioles by creating tiny puncture sites with aid of needle, scalpel, or syringe, just enough to introduce viruses into cells near phloem tissues so that virus would get a chance to make it into phloem where they replicate and move systemically through entire plant and cause disease for us to study. Indeed, uh, this is where the idea first came up, and then I started to collaborate with many colleagues to further develop, develop it to a simple and an effective technique to apply chemicals to citrus trees for screening and identifying therapeutic materials that may hopefully, hopefully help us to ward off the HLB disease. With this novel technique, if we will deliver just enough amount of therapeutics that may kill or suppress the bacteria in the phloem, then we may be able to maintain low levels of bacteria or kill them in, in the citrus tree so that tree can continue to live and be productive. This research or idea um, has been going on since I started working at SWIFRAG in October 2016. Uh, but it further expanded and uh, even accelerated in January 2019 with a federal grant that we were fortunate to get through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture's the Specialty Crop Research Initiative, uh, Citrus Disease Research and Extension Program. So uh, this is um, something that's um, ongoing more than uh, two and a half years now, three years. In short, um, our project focuses on developing a new method which may allow us to deliver therapeutic liquid materials into the citrus vascular tissue called phloem which conducts sugar and other metabolic products downward from the leaves. To achieve that, we puncture many tiny openings on tree trunk and place a reservoir where we put liquid of interest around it to allow tree to slowly uptake it. For example, if you put a red dye on this reservoir, plant will take it through those tiny openings on the trunk that we created and dye will move upward by the xylem tissue. These are water conducting vessels in plants to the upper leaves and new shoots. The shoots and leaves will become a red colored and then when it gets into phloem, this dye now is going to move downward inside the trunk into the roots. Uh, phloem is the tissue where bacteria that cause HLB, uh, just to uh, uh, remind you. 
Um, again, it is difficult to deliver chemicals into phloem through foliar sprays, uh, which is a chemical application method that usually uh, growers uh, um, uh, use in grows. So we want to develop an automated delivery system that will apply our method that I've just described uh, to mature citrus trees infected with bacteria that are present in almost all uh, trees in Florida. Simple and practical automated delivery would be a robotic arm with several modules at the end of it. Uh, imagine like a robotic arm, which may, which by the way, can be installed on an ATV or tractor um, where one of the modules with numerous needles grips and punctures the tree trunk, then module switch, second one installs a reservoir, and finally injectors, injector fills this reservoir with liquid that we want to deliver into citrus phloem. Hopefully, uh, this automated system will be economically feasible for most growers that can adopt and use for application of therapeutic materials or other pesticides, systemic pesticides that they are in need into citrus trees in the grow. So talk a little more in depth about how this equipment will help citrus growers. As I mentioned before, uh, bacterium that cause HLB disease lives inside the phloem of citrus, and I cannot emphasize enough this. That is very difficult to reach to disrupt disturb it by conventional methods such as foliar spraying or soil drenching. If we deliver just enough therapeutic that may kill or suppress the bacteria in the phloem, then we may be able to maintain low levels of bacteria or kill them all in the citrus so that we can continue to be productive. Another approach toward of the disease is that we apply substances that may protect citrus trees getting infected with this bacteria. So here, actually, uh, we use our system to treat healthy young trees with bactericides or uh, boost their immune system so that when bacterium comes, tree can defend itself by stopping the infection or suppressing bacterial growth to reach to the levels that manifest disease in citrus. Um, actually, this option is similar to a vaccination approach, which, as you know, we normally use to prevent diseases in humans and animals. So for the timeline, um, I should say that for this method, method to be successful, we need to learn what therapeutics to use, when and how much to use, how many times to apply every year, as well as we have to determine whether will be any adverse effect to the tree um, if these chemicals are used with our method, you know. So there are a lot of work to be done. Um, fortunately, we have a financial support, as I said, uh, provided by USDA and EFA and have a large team consist of talented and motivated many scientists, cooperators, citrus growers, and advisors. 
So we are really excited and already began developing first prototype of the automated delivery system, while many of us are diligently working to answer these questions that I just mentioned. Um, we cautiously believe that by the end of this year, we will have a prototype to use um, our automated system in the field trials. And if there will not be a major challenge with our progress, I think by the end of 2020, we will be using the automated system in our cooperator growth. Perfect. Anything else you want to add? Yes, indeed. Um, the long-term goal of this project is to develop an automated delivery system as an additional tool that can be used by growers in integrated management of HLB disease and its factor in citrus growth and help restoring lost productions, acreages, jobs, and, you know, happiness of our communities associated with this wonderful and iconic crop of Florida citrus. Um, this four-year project We'll also study citrus vascular system with a multidisciplinary research team, including UF's plant pathologists, Nabil Klini and Amit Levy, UF plant physiologist, uh, Ute Albrecht, UF citrus horticulturist, Fernando Alferez, UF precision ag engineer, Yanis Ampazidis, UF Agricultural and Natural Resources Economist Tara Wade, University of California Davis Extension Specialist Louise Ferguson, and Texas A&M Kingswell Citrus Center's uh, plant pathologist Veronica Ancona. So with this, I would also like to mention and acknowledge motivation and hard work that put forth by many students and citrus pathology lab members in my program, as well as students and research associates in other copiaries teams. All right. Well, thank you so much for giving us those details. If growers want more information on this, Dr. Bateman can be reached via email at obateman, that's B-A-T-U-M-A-N, at ufl.edu. Thanks again for joining us this month. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Abby. I really enjoyed talking with you. Okay, well, that's a wrap on June's All In for Citrus podcast. A quick reminder that grower registration for the 2019 Citrus Expo is now open. Citrus Expo will be held August 14th and 15th at the Lee Civic Center in North Fort Myers, Florida. All pre-registered growers will automatically be entered to win a John Deere gun safe courtesy of Everglades Equipment Group, so be sure to register. You can visit citrusexpo.net to register and be on the lookout for the seminar schedule also on that website, which will be coming soon. I'm Abby Taylor. Be sure to tune in next month for all new updates on University of Florida Citrus Research. Thanks for listening to this month's All In for Citrus podcast from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network.